0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Agile Precision, the podcast by BMW iVentures. Each episode we talk to a variety of interesting people, a lot of them in the BMW iVentures portfolio and other technology luminaries in and outside of Silicon Valley. We focus on companies that have direct impact on the real world. I'm Kasper Sage and today I'm chatting with Chris Banners, who is the CEO and co-founder of Urgently. We're very excited about our investment in Urgently, as they help ensure mobility when people need it most, transforming what otherwise can be a horrible experience into a positive one, suiting our modern digital world. Chris, great to have you here with us today.
1: Hi, Casper. It's fantastic to be here today, and, and thanks for the opportunity to speak with you on the uh, Agile Precision podcast.
0: Very good. Uh, Chris, why don't you start off and telling folks what Urgently does and why it is so important.
1: Sure, absolutely. So Urgently's mission is to become the world's leading mobility assistance company. And our purpose is to deliver exceptional assistance experiences, uh, when a car, a truck, motorcycle, or any form of mobility breaks down. And we do this uh, via a sophisticated platform that connects drivers, their vehicles, and networks of service professionals together in real time to not only make the best match to deliver service, But to provide every stakeholder associated with that service event real time visibility into where help is, when it will arrive, who's providing that help, and then how the service event went. Our first step on this journey was to reimagine and invent a better way to deliver uh, traditional roadside assistance in North America. And I'm happy to say we've done that very successfully since we launched in 2014. We've absolutely proven that there can be a better experience for the consumer, the service professional and the companies and brands that offer roadside assistance to their customers. This is important today because consumers have their life interrupted by an unplanned breakdown, and they need to not only know what's happening, but they need to get back on the road safely and quickly. Companies such as BMW, who offer roadside to their customers, have their brands exposed to the key moment of truth, and we're there to protect and defend and enhance those brands. And then the service professional who's providing the assistance is looking for a way to better manage, grow, and optimize his business, and and we help them do that. And I think what's cool about this is all of this is true today, not only in North America, but around the world. This problem exists around the world, but all this is going to be true and important uh, tomorrow for all future forms of mobility. So. And Urgently, we have a simple belief that if it moves, it will break. And if it breaks, it will need assistance. And that's who we are. And that's what we do.
0: Yeah, very cool. Maybe can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and your experience of founding Urgently?
1: Yeah, I've been in the digital space for quite some time. I was at Prodigy. uh, I was at uh, AOL. And when I was at AOL, I was uh, involved in uh, running their uh, AOL local business, which was a series of products around connecting a consumer with um, information or servicers uh, to help them make a better decision or, or you know, finish a project or, or whatnot. And uh, I always liked that mission, right, of connecting people to information and and services. And Left AOL went and did a startup uh, that was around connecting um, senior citizens to better service providers. That was acquired by a company called Assurian who had gotten their start in roadside assistance in the mid nineties, coming out of Stanford's graduate school of business before they became the world's biggest mobility insurance company. Um, and uh, after some time at assurion decided to leave to go do another startup as they were getting out of the roadside assistance business. And in 20, 11, 2012, 2013, as everybody knows, Uber was tearing up the culture regarding uh, on-demand, and we had this insight that we could reinvent roadside assistance service by taking a a proven team, some existing technology, and the roadside assistance network that Assurian had built up over 17 years and uh, essentially create the Uber for roadside was the original mission.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. What really got us uh, interested in the space is like when we started digging a little deeper into the market, the sheer magnitude of the problem really blew our mind at the time. If we, what is it, like 100 million roadside assistance incidents per year, and that's US alone, right? So if you calculate that down like per minute, then basically while we're talking here, like you know, every minute it's like on average 190 incidents, so probably by the end of the, this podcast, it's something around like thousand nine hundred roadside assistance incidents in the U.S. alone.
1: Yeah, it's an absolutely massive market, and it's a hidden market because most of us don't think about roadside assistance except for once every two or three years. So it, it's hidden that way. And then even within that hundred million, it's it's actually we we think it's a little bit bigger because there are shadow markets around it, uh, around vehicles being moved around via trucks that really would not count as a roadside assistance event, but it's using the same asset base, uh, the same platform, meeting meeting essentially the same need, but in, in a different way. So it's it's a really, really big market. And it's global because this happens all around the world every day.
0: It's it's interesting. I think the other big item that was surprising to us is like how analog the fulfillment is i mean we actually had an incident uh in our team so one of my colleagues got stuck on the side of the road had a blown out tire typical amazing situation so he had like uh he has three kids so five five people in the car he called the roadside assistance hotline got put on hold with amazing hotline music and then finally they gave him an eta which was like something like an an hour and and then he was sitting there and waiting and i think that the prototypical situation happened to him Um, after I think like 45 minutes or something like that uh, they basically gave him a call uh, telling him hey the provider had canceled then the whole process started again they they went out and looked for another provider and by the time that actually the the tow truck arrived it was like I think total until they were back on the road was something like four hours if you think about that that's just such a Bad experience if we then combine it with the amount of incidents that happen, now obviously not all of these incidents are as bad but it's it's just gives you a, a good perspective on on the problem so I think that's what got us excited to see like that there is a solution that is it's, it's different that's a better way of, of
1: doing this absolutely i mean when we when we entered the market you know we learned very quickly that there was a tremendous lack of visibility by almost every stakeholder in the event and that things were being done by a fax machine, phone calls, service areas were assigned by zip code, uh, and, and there was all this inefficiency, lack of transparency in the marketplace. And the people who suffered from that were, were not only people like your colleague who was you know on the side of the road for hours not knowing what what's happening, but also the brands, you know whether it's car company, insurance company, rental car company, whose brand is is being exposed. I mean, if you've bought a $50,000 car or, or more and you call Roadside assistance, uh, that's a $50,000 phone call at that point from a brand exposure standpoint. So by our platform, um, connecting, you know, over a hundred thousand assistance professionals um, into our platform via an app on their phone and integration into their dispatch systems. You know, we have real-time visibility into where um, the open and available service vehicles are, and we can make a faster connection. And then once that connection is made, then provide that real-time visibility. and And I think that. You know, as as you may recall, when we ran some pilots with BMW a number of years ago, not only could the BMW customer see what was happening, but the inbound dealer where the vehicle was being towed to could see what was happening. The roadside team at BMW US uh, headquarters in New Jersey could see it. And then the global roadside team in Munich could have real-time visibility. And that is just radically transparent and, and disruptive to the legacy analog industry. And, you know, that's That's how you deliver a better experience. And then the last thing I would say on that is we should all be really candid here. Roadside is a tough industry, right? But the beautiful thing about our platform is that it provides that visibility so that if a provider does cancel or something does go wrong, we have that real-time visibility to course correct immediately versus um, everybody sitting around in a black box. And uh, that delivers a better experience. And you know for some some of our partners we've reduced complaints by 95% over their legacy providers and and that has tremendous impact on brand loyalty and retention
0: yep we know firsthand i think like the way we think about the company is broadside assistance is basically just the beginning maybe can you walk us through like your vision of of where this can Head next.
1: Absolutely. So we look at it in terms of three dimensions. So first of all, there's roadside assistance needs, traditional roadside assistance needs all around the world. The space and the market and the vision that we're playing for is is global. The second is we have this firm belief that if it moves, it will break, and if it breaks, it will need assistance, and that applies to all future forms of mobility. And mobility services. And what we envision and what our platform does is that we can connect any type of service network into our platform to provide assistance to any type of mobility. And so assuming that we can get a signal from that distressed mobility asset, whatever it is, we can then connect it in real time to a customized service network that can deliver the right assistance for that vehicle. So whether it's in EV, and AV, whether it's a drone, a robotic delivery, uh, you name it, it's going to move and it's going to break. And in and, and speaking with some of the CEOs of some of these leading future forms of mobility, they all know that their vehicles are going to break. They don't have any uh, illusions that their their vehicles are going to never break. So they all are interested in how can they deliver the best real-time assistance experience. And, and that's how we see it. So the type of breakdowns will change the mix will change as the mobility mix changes but we also see as mobility becomes less expensive uh, more available uh, that there will be more movement there'll be you know 5 billion mobility vehicles by 2030 you know, there'll be trillions of miles traveled by these vehicles. And so we we just see a massive market in front of us.
0: Some folks think that like with um, electric vehicles picking up in demand, um, that like the the maintenance component of that also will like decline. So basically, uh, electric vehicles have less parts that move around, so less stuff that can break. So ultimately, they will break down less. What are your thoughts on that?
1: That is true. The breakdowns associated with uh, mechanical will be less. But you know what we're seeing and what the industry is seeing is that tire related issues are higher for EVs on an on order of 30% or, or higher because the torque on the EV is harder and faster and it wears the tires out faster. The reality is tire issues account for a massive portion of roadside assistance events. So as long as the rubber is hitting the road, there are going to be issues, right, regardless of how the vehicle is is powered, or whether it's driven by a human or by a computer. That's just the fact of the matter. So the mix will change.
0: What could be interesting for folks is like, you obviously have access to like a lot of data, given like the current COVID-19 outbreak, do you have any insights that you've gained from that or like, any perspective on, on the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when the the pandemic was really picking up here in the US. We saw a drop in activity as people stopped moving, but we were keeping an eye on China and other markets that would be emerging faster. And and what we saw from all the different data sources we were looking at was that once people started moving again, they started moving in vehicles that they could control and that public transportation, shared mobility was not returning as quickly or at all to their pre-pandemic usage. And so we began to forecast that volume would be higher once things started to return to some version of normal because more people would be driving in vehicles. So they had the illusion of or the reality of uh, a safe space that they could control and, and move about. And uh, and we're starting to really see that as things have picked up in, in the U.S. So we expect more cars on the road. Uh, not so good necessarily, I think, for traffic and, and commutes. You know, there's going to be a little push-pull here in the U.S. as people's work from home more and not go into the office. So we'll see how that plays out. But so far, all signs indicate to more traffic, more travel. And then, of course, Vacation here in the US, people are road tripping versus flying. And the car companies are promoting that even in their advertising. We're gonna expect a very busy summer, very busy 2020 and 2021 from that perspective.
0: So it seems like individual mobility is back,
1: huh? I think so, yeah. And the love affair with the car here in America, I think is being rekindled for for different reasons, of course. We're looking at data of people moving out of cities and moving out into the suburbs and the exurbs. So we're following the housing market, the mortgage market to see if those trends hold. They look like they are. So yeah, people are, are gonna be in their cars more, which is gonna be great for the podcast industry as well.
0: <laughs> like what we're doing today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Very interesting. Maybe can you just touch upon like so you you've mentioned that earlier, like the sort of the, the different layers of the network and combining um sort of different tasks. Can you maybe allude a little bit in terms of like for let's say the the players in the industry, so guys like dealerships and OEMs, like what does this mean, and also for like the um, supply network, for like guys who are actually doing the job, what 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 can your platform bring to them?
1: Yeah, so if you're an assistance professional and you're uh, you're an owner operator. Uh, you're running multiple um, assistance vehicles um, in in your fleet. You know we have obviously that data, and you know what type of vehicles you have, what services you can provide. But most importantly, because the drivers are connected into our platform, we know where they are and if they're open and available to provide service. And so, basically, if you're an owner operator, instead of being constrained by uh, being assigned a zip code or a series of zip codes, which a, a number of the legacy roadside providers do, basically the market is wherever your open vehicle is. and that allows for better optimization of the fleet. First of all, we send jobs to their nearby open vehicles so that saves them travel time, which saves them cost on gas and things like that. And because we're helping them with the optimization, they can maybe get in an extra job or two per day per vehicle, which you know helps them make more money. Now, if you're a dealer and you have the ability to dispatch one of your service technicians from your dealership to go provide service uh, to your customers, you know we power programs like that for a number of our uh, OEM partners. That allows as a dealer to have a, a better touch point with your customer a better brand experience, which you know we, we know helps with loyalty and engagement. And so we power all of that. And at the same time, again, it all comes back down. Everybody has visibility in, into what is happening. And so if you're that dealer, you, you know what's happening to your customer, you know how they've been treated, and that helps with that loyalty and engagement.
0: Now, Uber, for example, started to layer on additional products like Uber Eats, for example, or Uber Pool. Is there a similar vision for urgently and and this market as well? Yeah,
1: absolutely. What I would say is that just as we are in this revolution where mobility is being redefined, uh, reimagined, and reinvented, we think assistance is also being redefined and 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 reimagined. And again, because our platform. What it really does at its core is it takes a signal from a distressed mobility asset or one that may be in distress if something were to happen or something were not to be done and then connects it with customized service networks to address the issue that that signal is communicating. So we fully expect to expand into additional and related services to assisting that vehicle and and the owners of the vehicle and and the brands associated with it so uh, that is exactly right you know when you begin to look at that the size of the market becomes absolutely absolutely massive and and these become really exciting because as vehicles become more connected and the signals become uh, you have not only have more signals, but you have more refined signals. You can really, really tailor what those service experiences are like. It's incredibly exciting.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that really got us excited is like the, once you have this underlying network, um, you can actually do things that um, otherwise would be cost prohibitive. So like, for example, if you think of like invisible service, yeah. So like you can actually prompt a message to a customer and be like, Hey, your car needs an oil change because we have just happened to have that data. And then you're like, well, um, what about if you pay now, we're gonna pick up your car, do the oil change for you, bring the car back. Uh, amazing experience, otherwise completely unaffordable because like just, you know, like if you uh, happen to have like the need to have this kind of network and to pay this kind of network just solely for that use case, impossible to do. But if you have this network anyways for roadside assistance, all of a sudden, the economics of this start to pan out and it's it's possible to offer these kind of services which is which is i think phenomenal yeah and i think the other thing that really impressed us a lot was you can start layering in service levels so similar to like an airline where you fly first class and if you fly first class it's a completely different experience than if you fly let's say economy class yeah and so there is this component of specifically important for brands that do care about differentiation on premium. You can actually factor that in. So meaning like you, if you have a customer that has a long history with a brand, you might want to treat him differently than if somebody has like just bought it, let's say used BMW, which is 15 years old. There, there might be a component here where depending on sort of like a, a tiering or like a, a pricing model, you basically get different uh, levels of service.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And again, it all comes down to the data and the connectivity. And so what you can do in terms of tailoring experiences based on some of the data points that you just mentioned in partnership with the dealers, uh, can be can be really, really uh, interesting and, and, and powerful. So if you have a long tenured customer who is in a certain vehicle, um, the dealer knows what's happening. And when that customer is coming in, um, they can ensure that the right replacement loaner vehicle is available to them or the next level up higher. Well, of course, one of the Objectives that all the dealers have is to take those customers who are either off warranty or have owned used vehicles to get them into the dealership. How can we help them with that problem? The dealer can then begin a relationship with that owner and expose them to the new vehicles right, that are available. And so again... More connectivity, more data. Our platform can help process and be a great partner with dealers in that experience. Uh, so
0: obviously, from a BMW perspective, having like a great customer experience is is a very important dimension of the value proposition of like being a a premium OEM. How is that for like other verticals, brands, customers? How important is it for them?
1: Well, yeah, it's absolutely important, uh, not only for premium OEMs uh, but for mass. Uh, market OEMs, uh, insurance companies, rental car companies, aftermarket companies. We provide uh, service to great partners in in all of those verticals. And the level of experience that they want at a baseline is they all want their customers to know exactly what's happening and to have a great experience. And then for some of our other customers, uh, particularly on the premium end, there's there's deeper integrations with their uh, with their dealerships, their their dealer service networks. So the experience is a little bit more sophisticated or complex at that level. But the Urgently platform plays and provides great and better service across all range of verticals and companies.
0: Uh, you mentioned earlier that if a customer with a fifty thousand dollar car calls uh, Infrauto Side Assistance, that it's basically a call. Um, Now, how's that for like insurance companies?
1: It's um, almost even more important from the standpoint that, you know, it's very easy to switch insurance companies. Today, it's a very competitive market and customers can switch very quickly. So a bad roadside assistance experience can often be a top reason for insurance um, company customer uh, defections. So when you, uh, when you deliver a great experience, that helps with retention. When you reduce complaints by you know, 90% plus against their uh, legacy analog providers, that helps with retention. So incredibly important for the insurance industry.
0: My key takeaway from today's discussion is like, this underlying digital platform basically allows you to bring like, all the benefits from like, the digital world into a, a real world experience. I think we're just, at least the way I see it, we're just at the beginning of seeing what kind of services and offerings this can propose yeah? and bring to the customer. So I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're excited. You know, we're super excited as well. We believe that as the car is able to communicate and express the intelligence that it has inside of it, and to have a dialogue with the owner in order to uh, better deal with, you know, both what we call reactive as well as preventative assistance experiences. I think at the end of the day, that builds a deeper relationship between the owner, the car, the brand, the dealers that ultimately, um, you know, leads to a, a great and long lasting relationship. And that's incredibly exciting. And and I think what I would love to just say also is, Casper, in preparing for this podcast, I was reminded that we first started talking to BMW i Ventures in uh, 2013. You know, when we first really started to come up with this idea and uh, and this mission, and we're really excited and love our relationship with BMW i Ventures as well as BMW. So, you know, thanks for helping make this vision and mission possible.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, maybe can you tell uh, some of the folks like if they want to experience the the urgently. Magic today, how does this happen?
1: Obviously, if you have a BMW, uh, a Mini, uh, Rolls Royce, uh, Motorrad, if you have a breakdown, we are your service provider and you can experience it that way. You know, we do exist, uh, at least today, in, our, in this reinvention of traditional roadside assistance of saying, we hope you don't break down, but uh, if you do, you know, our service is there for you. We also do work for a uh, partner with a number of other OEMs and insurance companies. So you may have experienced this uh, already. And uh, we have more coming.
0: Very nice. Where, where can people learn more about Urgently? You
1: can go to uh, geturgently.com. Thank you
0: again for joining us today, Chris. This has been a great discussion. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of Agile Precision. For more information, please visit us on the web, bmwiventures.com. Thanks and see you soon.